Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this podcast and we pray that it blesses you. For any information on this sermon or our other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. Man, what a great church we have here and such an epic sound of praise and worship this morning. Let's just give the band a hand. Again, just carrying that sound for us to just come in and just ride that wave of just the goodness of God. It's so cool that um, we can experience God's presence when we gather together and and, in our company and our heart-to-heart relationships, but then also in our times of worship. We're not just worshiping someone who's far away, but He inhabits the praises of His people, and He's with us. Um, as we join together, we just want to encourage you to, to yeah, to, when you come to church, just come expecting. Come expecting encounter. Come expecting something to happen uh, and change and shift because God's always doing a new thing. And that's a good thing, isn't it? He's always doing a new thing. Hey, so we, uh, this term, we're just, this is the first Sunday of the term. Who's excited? Who has children? back at school and all that. It's cool. We're actually, um, we've got this theme that we're doing here, as you know, over this year. It's called Follow Closer, Love Stronger. And over this term, we're doing this um, in two halves. So we're going to spend the first half of this term around the the concept of uh, following closer and what it means to be a disciple specifically. And then the second half of the term, we're going to be talking about uh, just, you know, love and, and what it means to actually let the love of God be in our, uh, in our hearts, but then actually to see that activated in the world around us. And then we're going to finish that, t- um, that series with uh, 21 Days of love, uh, where we're going to have some activation, where we're going to be actually moving uh, out of our comfort zone, possibly, but just moving towards people who we believe God's actually leading us towards. So that's going to be good. Uh huh. That's good. So, week one of our discipleship um, series is basically just going to be asking the question today of who is a disciple? And it's quite easy. Most of us in this room uh, would probably say, hey, I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a Christian. I've um, made that, I've had a connection with God. Or maybe you're here today and you're just still searching. And that's awesome as well. Um, but but what, what, what's the difference between me being a Christian and me being a, a disciple? I'm, I'm not sure I can call myself a disciple. A, a disciple, it sounds like a whole nother level of commitment, doesn't it? It does in my mind anyway. A whole, level, a whole nother level of expectation, of sacrifice, and, and, and that just sounds like potentially a little bit of hard work. <laughs> and and I, I don't know if I want to be you know, challenged too much, and I don't know if I want to actually engage with that kind of journey. And, and it's easy to think, you know, if, if I'm going to be a disciple, I'm going to end up possibly looking like this. Um, you know, the monk, we're gonna, I'm becoming like a monk. You know, I'm going to shave my head and I'm going to uh, just be in a monastery and maybe join a weird band um, and, and, and not be that relevant to society. And, 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 and maybe if I'm a disciple, I'll be, I'll be expected to do this here. That's um, one of the requirements of becoming a senior pastor is in this church. 
It's not very fair. Um, but maybe you think, hey, I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to be, I need to walk on, walk on water and, 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 and I'll be expected to do this as well. Um, like there's going to be, you know, I'm going to be just like Jesus and there's going to be miracles and loaves and fishes and, 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 and I'm going to have um, limited uh, times of this. And this is the expression of freedom. Even you're like, what? I don't want to be spun around on a beach. That would make me feel dizzy. Um, that might not be a good thing. I didn't really think that through with that picture. But that, that's meant to look like fun. Uh, and, 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 and I won't definitely be able to do any of this. No more parties. Like, oh, I'm not going to have any laughter in my life if I'm a disciple. And, and if, if that's you today and you've been on that kind of like, feeling like, hey, I'm actually, you know, I'm following Jesus, but I'm on the outside and I'm looking at discipleship, and I'm thinking that actually that looks scary, that looks like I'm going to get weird and, and, and be irrelevant with my life. I hope that through this series, you're going to find that you've been looking through the wrong end of the telescope and <laughs> your perspective of discipleship. Because we would say here uh, at Thrive that as you actually draw closer to God, as actually as you engage with that adventure with God, that the greater the view of your life is going to become. The richer and the more precious and the more powerful your impact on this world will be. And we hope and we believe that we're going to have a lot of fun doing this, that we're going to party, you know, on the way, and we're going to celebrate our friendship and, and be an example of what light and love looks like to this world. Has everyone heard of Bear Grylls? Man versus Wild. I know it's been a few years now. Um, he's an epic guy, and um, I want to just read a little bit of his testimony this morning um, because he's an awesome awesome man who's been on a great adventure with God, and he's actually done it on the world stage as well. It starts off with this. He says, I was about 16 when I remember praying one of my first real prayers. I didn't grow up going to church, but I'd always had faith. Then my godfather, who was like a second dad to me, died, and I was devastated. I remember climbing a tree and saying a very simple prayer. If you're there, Will you please be beside me? Be my friend. And that was the start of something that has grown to become the backbone of my life. Six years later, when my parachute ripped, I fell thousands of feet to earth. And you better believe I was crying out to God. You don't get many atheists in a situation like that. And maybe my prayers were answered because the surgeon later said that I came within a whisker of total paralysis. 18 months later, as I stood on top of Mount Everest, mesmerized by the incredible curvature of the earth from the top of the world's highest mountain, I just thought, what a privilege it is to climb the mountains of the world with the one who made them. My Christian faith, faith has been so often uh, been a quiet backbone to our life as a family and through my work. When I took President Obama into the Alaskan wilderness for an episode of Running Wild, it was a special moment to finish the adventure by praying together. Out in the wild, you discover pretty quickly that even the most famous, extraordinary people are asking the same questions and looking for the same things in life as the rest of us. It was another president, Abraham Lincoln, who once confessed, I've been driven to my knees many times by the overwhelming conviction that I had no other place to go. 
So this morning, we're just talking about that starting point of what it means to be a disciple. And Bear said that his first prayer with God was the start of something that had grown to become the backbone of his life. That's awesome. He'd been on, you can see that he's actually sharing that his backbone wasn't the strength that it, it was at the beginning that it is now. He His Faith in God, his journey with God is a growing alive thing. And being a disciple, it just simply uh, starts with a decision to reach out. It starts with a decision in faith to connect with God, with the person who, who, who we believe in and who created us and who loves us. And, and when we reach out, we're believing that he is a higher power and that he has a pathway and a destiny for us to engage with. He has a call and a purpose for our lives. And so when we reach out to, to make that connection with God, we're saying in that moment, you're bigger and I'm small and I want to be a part of the bigness that you have for my life. And in Matthew 9 verse 9, we have another starting point here this morning. And it's when Jesus encounters His disciples for the first time. And it says, as Jesus was walking along, He saw a man named Matthew sitting at His tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. You can just see right there that it's a starting point, that it's a start of a journey. And Matthew had been following his own life. He'd been following tax collecting and he maybe had just been trying to make a dollar. He'd be just trying to you know, feed his family and, and he had needs in his life that he wanted to see met. But when Jesus came into his life and Jesus said, hey, come and follow me, he saw that what he had actually been following was, was far less of an opportunity than what it was to follow Jesus. That Jesus' offer to follow him was in fact the greatest offer that he had probably ever had or definitely that he had ever had in his life. You know, people love to follow. We were created to follow. And I know that we're all like we're all unique and we're all individuals, but there's something about us that we you know we say, hey, I just, you know, I'm me and I've got my own kind of style and my own, like this is my own, you know, way of doing life and that. But but the fact of the matter is is that we've followed people to get where we are today. We've followed trends, we've followed fashions, we've followed our teachers, we've followed people to get where we're at. We're created to follow. You know, five years ago, um, there was this new kind of fashion that came on the scene in, in, the, in the male world. And, 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 and a lot of us guys thought, man, that is weird. What are they dressing like that? And, and now five years on, you know, hipsters, they, they're everywhere. Hipsters are everywhere. Men have grown beards. And, and, and on Saturday morning, you can find them at, at the barbers wearing their tight pants and having their beards trimmed. And now that's become normal. The world is full of them. When we, we started out, we were like, oh, what? That's just weird. Why do people look like that? And now every guy just about wants to be a hipster, maybe. <laughs> a lumberjack. We love to follow because our identity and progress happens through connection. It happens through what we connect to and who we connect with. 
It's how we gather information. It's how we become mature. And everyone is following something because we're created that way. We're created to move on. We're created for progress. We're created to go somewhere with our lives and become someone in the process of getting there. We, we, like, we, we love the like, destinations, don't we? We think, like, in five years, I want to be successful. You know, just to really put it in the framework of like, I'd like to be rich and wealthy in five years. So I mean, we're probably all there going in some way. I'd like more. That'd be great. That's not a bad thing. And we're looking at what we can hold in our hand. And in that process, God's like, well, that's not bad. But actually in that process, I want to actually bring true richness into your heart. It's actually not so much about the destination and where you're going to be, but it's actually about the journey that you're on that I'm going to refine and develop you and cause the greatness of who I am, maybe to realign your motivations for wanting what you want. (laughs) But I'm going to engage with you in the process. And that's a part of what discipleship is about. You know, if we have a map, it's usually because we need to find out where we're going. We're usually like, hey, I need to get somewhere and this map is going to help me uh, get there. It's going to give me a bird's eye view of the whole, whole situation and the whole picture. But, you know, the first thing you need to do to follow a map is actually to know where you are on that map, where your orientation is, where you fit into the picture of that map. And then when you know where you are, you know what you need to do to start taking those steps to get where you're going. And maybe you're here today and you actually just don't know where you are on the map of your life. Um, you, you could be just kind of like freestyling life and just like doing whatever you want to do and just following the own desires of your life and the way that your family has set you up to run your life. And, you know, that's, that could be your situation here. Maybe you're here this morning and it's been like, hey, I've started following Jesus, but right now in my relationship with God and where I'm going in life, I actually feel a little bit lost. And, you know, I have days like that and that's okay. You know, every day, we, I believe it's a good day to say, hey, Jesus, I need you. Please, please lead me today. I receive your spirit. I receive your direction. I receive what I need for this next um, phase of my life. And if you're here today and you're like, man, I want to reach out towards actually my destiny. And, and it sounds awesome that I can have, a, have this connection with God then we want to give an opportunity for you to respond this morning. Do you know God's Word says this about our life. He says that He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And and this amazing verse because He's saying that He wants to be with us in the story that we're writing about our lives. And he doesn't want to just like, just for you just to make it, but it says that He is the perfecter of our faith. He wants to actually hone our story, hone our faith in the process so that it actually, he used the word perfect, I mean, that, like that's, that's pretty awesome. He wants to actually take us into a place where we are thinking what he thinks and responding the way he responds to our world around us. So to give a reference point uh, for you today in, in talking about that map and the map of your life, I just want to introduce to you uh, King David. And we love King David. Generally, he's uh, one of those great heroes 
of uh, the faith and of the Bible and his his story. He's so he's just a human. He's just he wasn't like a super saint guy. We, his story is full of highs and lows. It's full of like, I thought I was going this way, but now I'm going that way. And I, I'm like, God, you know, the Psalms are his writings of crying out to God and then reassuring his soul to not be downcast because God, you are with me. And the high, mo- you know, you think of a high moment of, of slaying of Goliath. I mean, that was a, was even king then. And he brought down this giant. It was a big moment right there. And then one of the low moments of his life, he, he killed a friend so that he could sleep with his wife, his friend's wife. That's a, you know, that's, that's shocking. <laughs> that's like locked up for life kind of stuff. He, but he kept coming back, didn't he? He kept coming back to God, and and he wrote these words about walking closely with God through the journey of life. He said, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And through it all, David made every step count whether he was getting back on the path or staying on the path. He made those intentional steps count that he would let God's word light up his feet. I love that, just every step. Every step, every step, you know, God's with him in every step. His word is precious to him in every step, every decision, every, uh, every, th- every decision he's making, every step. And he, I love it because David just kept moving towards God no matter how desperate, lonely, broke, stupid, or successful he was. The text says that he was a man, <laughs> After God's heart as well. There's another verse. He's a man after God's heart. He was always after God's heart. He was either following the path or stepping back onto the path after he stepped off at it. Do you know, it took, for David, it took just one smooth stone to take down Goliath. Just one smooth stone. And I have a smooth stone here this morning that I prepared earlier. Smooth stones are smooth because they have been fashioned by friction over time. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but stones, these river stones are actually on a really slow journey down the riverbed. And as as water moves over them, as they bump up against each other and 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 friction happens and you know the edges that once had been sharp like that, you know, raw, are removed with the time and the friction of, of what's happening on that riverbed in the community of stones. So there was this one stone that was refined and that it was ready for David so that when he needed a stone, it was ready in the hands of greatness to take down a giant. And I believe it's kind of a picture of our lives, that God wants to refine us, take us on a journey that we'd love love it to be instant. But he said, no, this is actually a process, your your discipleship process, your your following me process. This is going to take a life. This is going to take your life to actually be engaged with me, refining you and developing you so that in the right time, in the right moment, when I'm calling on you, you're going to be, you're going to be ready in the hands of greatness for the assignment 
that you have been created for. Discipleship is a process. He sends people to us that are a little bit like a sharp stone. (laughs) That maybe we're married to them this morning. (laughs) Maybe we work with them. Maybe they're a part of our life and you just kind of want them to go away, but they won't. (laughs) They're just like, you irritate me. What you say and what you do, it just irritates me. But the fact of the matter is, is that we're called into community. We're called to refine one another. The Bible says as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. There's this kind of sense that actually God wants the friction that is there in relationships to actually bring the best out of us because we have to face the issues of our heart and the issues that are in our life that cause us to actually respond badly or respond and not represent his heart for one another. He wants to develop us as a church and as a community that know how to do relationships well that together would be like a riverbed of smooth stones so that together when the hands of greatness are looking to see a community released and liberated and, and actually impacted, that as together we're ready to go because we know how to work with awkward people. We're ready to go. We're ready and we're refined. You know, a pearl is formed through the irritation of sand. It's a beautiful picture of what God wants to do in our lives through those things that are actually annoying us at the moment. That's why the Bible says to be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. (laughs) It's so hard sometimes, isn't it? To be thankful when things are irritating you or you feel like you're living with loose ends and you know God is engaged with you and He's in that process with you. So let's thank Him for every person that annoys the heck out of you. He's doing something with them in your heart. He's shaping you and He is creating, uh, He is bringing a place for where gold can be brought out of. This is one of my favourite verses. Check this out. I love it. It's so edifying. Uh, Hebrews 12 verse 7. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful, but afterwards there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in its way. The word disciple is where we get the word disciplined out of. It's, it's like God the Father actually wants to bring the, to- the best out of each one of us. He wants to train us and shape us so that we can actually, what does it say? Have a peaceful harvest of right living. That sounds awesome, doesn't it? That's where he wants us to to go. And so the journey that you are on right now, I want to encourage you to stay the course in that journey. That he is a good, good father in in the pain potentially or the sacrifice that you're making this season. And in this, he is shaping you and he is refining you. And you might feel like the slow moving stone on a riverbed, but he's gonna bring you through for his purpose and his timing. 
And when you look at David, you know, you can see this, the high points. It's easy to focus on the high points. But do you know, he started out just as a servant to his dad. And it was while he was a servant to his dad that he was actually anointed to be king. So he was like anointed to be king, but he was still a servant. And God put king, like, you know how what it's like when God puts something in your heart and it's like, man, I just want to live it now. I just want to be that person now. I'm ready now. And so this happened for David. He said, I'm, I can see that I'm meant to be a king. And he had to wait 20 years as he was refined through the different processes of his life so that he was actually fit for purpose at the time that he became the king. And so David began as a servant and then he, and, and as a worshiper, and he was a refined as a son and a brother. Then he became a warrior before he became a king. And that's kind of going to be our, our, our series um, that we're doing over the next four weeks. Um, that, that God actually has a process, He has a destination, but he, we don't want to get stuck in any, each one of these transitions, you know. You're a son, but you're called to be a warrior. You know, don't, don't just stay in one situation. God is calling us on. And I know there's a lot of people that just go through life and they're stuck in a moment right throughout their whole life because they wouldn't face what they needed to face to move on. Turn to your neighbor and say, move on, move on. See, in this process, David was anointed, actually, he was anointed three times to be a king before he became a king. And it's one thing to be anointed, but it's another thing to, re- to be ready to be appointed. To be anointed means God has seen the heart and the call in us, but the character for the assignment needs to be acquired through training. See, David had the heart of the king. But he had to become, uh, he had to acquire the character to be able to rule in that office so that when he got to that location, he didn't go around hurting everyone, he didn't blow up everything, and he was ready to handle himself and understood people before he was given that, uh, that position. So it's going to be good doing this series with you. And I want to close today with this um, account of when God brought recognition to David about what was inside of him. It says this in Samuel 16. Um, I just want to read this. This is a story of, of when David was called, the, the Samuel the prophet came to his family, and Samuel was the guy who had been assigned by God to call out who the next king was. So when they... Um, Samuel the prophet and Jesse, who was David's father, arrived, Samuel took... Uh, one look at Elab, who was Jesse's oldest son, and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse told his son, Abinadab, thank you. Yeah, to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. 
We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And I have noted that he had the smolder nailed in that text, which wasn't meant to be there. And uh, the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had bought and anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. It's an awesome story, isn't it? Of someone discovering their appointment. But I you know, you look at that and you think, how would have David felt? How would you feel if you didn't make the lineup for your own family when they were presented? You know, he would have felt kind of rejected in that moment. And, and you can see that Jesse, he summons all of his family, all of his sons for this interview with Samuel. And, and it's almost like they're all just at hand. They're all close by and they're just playing Xbox in the lounge or in the pantry and they're eating or they're just all hanging around the house. But David is nowhere near. He's out. He's gone. He's out tending the sheep and he's working while all his other brothers are just like, you know, they just turned up. His brothers were present, but they weren't engaged with what with um, what was in God's heart. See, before he was chosen for anything significant, David is already following God. His heart is already in alignment with the things that God values. He had a heart after God. He hasn't got a title. He hasn't got any status. He was isolated from everyone But I want to tell you this morning that isolation is no barrier for God's favor on your life. Because God knows what He's looking for. God knows who He's looking for. He's looking for someone who has a heart after Him. He's looking not at the height. He's not looking at the gift mix. He's not looking at all. He is looking for someone who had a heart after me. He was looking at his attitude. He was looking at this unseen boy that had a greatness in his life that no one else could see. And I want to encourage you today, no matter where you are on the map of your life, if you feel lost or found or detached or isolated, that God sees your heart and I want to encourage you in this season to step on, to step on in your relationship or to step back on to the path, to step back on with an intentional heart to follow God. That is who a disciple is. A disciple is someone who says, I'm going to follow and I'm going to keep on following. I'm going to follow again, and I'm going to follow again. I'm going to follow with this step, and I stuffed up, but I'm going to keep back on, and I'm going to follow again. I'm going to follow you, God. I'm going to put down my desires. I'm going to tell myself to shut up. I'm, going to, I'm not going to let excuses rule my life. I'm not going to blame others for my circumstances. I'm going to step on, and I'm going to follow you, God, because you're the one, God, who sees my heart. You're the one that holds my promotion. You're the one that holds my destiny in your hands. And nobody else can actually 
change your assignment or impact your assignment if you have a heart after God. No one can disqualify you from your call and your purpose in life if you have a heart after God. No matter if you're looking across your life and you're like, they're awesome, they're awesome, they're way more gifted. I could never do that. I want to tell you that's got nothing to do with your destiny. Your destiny is 100% in God's hands and in your desire to follow Him with your life. Let's just stand. I just really feel just on that particularly, that just in this moment, that we just need to actually, I don't know why, this this is messing me up. We just need to relinquish our destiny out of people's hands. Where you've been carrying other people's expectations or other people's perspectives of you or the fear of missing out, you know, FOMO. (laughs) Like, I'm not alive if I'm not at the party. You know, all those things were like, I just, you know, I just want to be accepted and I want to be great and I want to be called and I want to, and it's all connected to people. I want to tell you that it's time to lay that down and give that into God's hands. That's what a disciple is. Someone who just follows God and not the noise of life. Holy Spirit, maybe just reach out a hand or put your hand on your heart right now. We just thank you that you're our dad. We just thank you that you discipline the ones you love because you love us, you're shaping us. Because you love us, you're redefining us. Because you love us, you're with us. And right now, God, we just give you our lives. We just take our identity out of other people's hands. We take our destiny out of other people's hands. We take our hopes out of others and put our hopes on you. We just say to you this morning that we want to step on. We want a heart to follow you. We want to have our life that is, when it's all said and done, when it's all wrapped up and we're meeting you, that you would say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've because we've served you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place, into this moment. We welcome you into our tomorrow where the annoying people are maybe and the challenges are. We just welcome your grace to engage with the process that you're calling us into. We just thank you that you're building such an incredible richness in our heart and in our lives. You are so good, Father. Mm. Amen. We're going to finish with some worship this morning. And just while we're finishing in the service, I just want to give you an invitation to respond and maybe it actually means just it's a time to step on it's time to actually move towards God for you this morning and move towards Him and, and, and we would love to pray with you we'd love to see you encountered with the Holy Spirit encouraged 
and full of faith to move on. God is good all of the time. And if you don't know that this morning, you haven't been living with hope, then hope is here for you today as we worship, as we sing, and as we engage with Him. Just come up and receive His goodness. Come up and receive His love. His mercies are new every day. Come up and receive His mercy this morning. Awesome. Thanks, team.